Hello everyone and welcome back to Bobblehead Podcast. Another really good one today for you. So we're continuing on our series with um, some of the great philosophers and their sayings. And so today we're going to talk about one that you've probably heard before, um, but we kind of go in a little bit different direction with it. We talk a lot about what we talk about quite a few times here at the podcast is parenting and uh, how this philosophy really plays into how do we parent? How do we parent for the long term? Um, what do we do with our kids on a daily basis? What do we do with them to invest in them now so that those will pay off at dividends whenever they grow up? So I think you'll enjoy it. Glad you're here. Drunk to taste this chicken. God bless. It's a feels like a never ending Monday morning. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, it's like you get started and then you you keep going. Like you get started again and then you get started again. And yeah, you know, Mondays it's just one of those, you know, with kickoff meetings and everything else that goes on. It's just it, it's like the whole day is a Monday morning, and then Tuesday sometimes turns into a Monday morning. It's not a bad thing, but it's, it's just not a bad thing. It's no. just it's it's there's some. It's like you start projects back yeah. up. You know, Monday is always that day that it the day is over for me, like that. Yeah. And and I think it's because is that because you leave at one or is that <laughs> yeah okay, ba- yeah bankers hours but it, I think part of it is because we start the when we do the the w or the sink at nine yeah it's like it cuts that's like when the day starts in my brain but I've already been here for a couple hours yeah, like an hour and a yeah. half or whatever and so it just it feels like the day is over quick and it's it's almost like uh for me before that nine o'clock I actually get some things done yeah. And then that hits, and then it almost stirs stuff up. Mm-hmm. It's not in a bad way. It's just things that need to get taken care of. Like, okay, I got to yeah. do this, and I need this, and so and there's follow up conversations, follow up meetings, and stuff yeah. that gets booked as a result of it. Yeah. So basically, yeah. I just email you and go, "Hey, dude, handle all this stuff." Yeah, pretty much. And then I go it's back a, to what I was doing. Yeah, that's a uh, that's what I like to call my life. Hashtag normal. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how was your weekend? We had a great weekend. So uh, kicked off a little bit birthday birthday weekend early. Um, I took off last Thursday. And had a great day. Yeah. Like complete chill. So um, there's a hotel we like to go at downtown Dallas. And um, we've been going there for, gosh, I bet it's been eight, nine years. Yeah. And uh, when we first started there, the pool was awesome. And then over time, it's just gotten kind of, I don't know, okay. Hmm. But um, when we went back this last week, it was kind of back to where it was. Really? Like, the vibe was cool. They had great service. Um they had these really cool little cabana things that you can like, ro- like uh, roll these things and these curtains on the side so you can keep sun from getting on you. They have a thing up top that are on these rails and so you can pull it down and it keeps the sun from being like right over you if you don't want to. So you're in the shade, but it still has breeze. But you, it's really cool. I'm, I'm, I was very impressed. There are different scenes for Dallas hotel pools. Oh man. Yeah, and, and the jewel's kind of right in the middle of all of that. It is. It's definitely not a side. For it's sure. definitely yeah. It's definitely not a party one, but it's it's small and. But then you go like to the Virgin Hotel. Good lord! And that's like a Vegas yeah. pool scene. That was like I think Zaza used to be, but like times four or five. Yeah, so I I, I haven't gone enough to Zaza to tell you lately in the last three or four years, but I remember in the past on Saturdays and Fridays. Um, you saw you see a lot of uh, as you would say dichotomies of age. Yeah. Meaning you get some 70-year-old guy with this 27 or 28-year-old girl who looks like it's his girlfriend but maybe just for the day. Yeah. 
And so um, she loves his personality. I think that's what yeah. it is. I think that's what it is. So it's, you see some of that, which is really kind of interesting, which is fun for about an hour because it's funny. Oh, you know, that's interesting. And after a while, I just kind of like, Ugh, yeah, Ugh. yeah. I, I've I've been, I've seen it. Don't ever really care to yeah. see it again. Like it's like once you've seen it once, yeah, you've seen yeah. it a couple hundred times. Because it's a really really small pool. I mean, yeah, there's there's well, not even much. even the Virgin, which is a, a big a big area. Again, it's it's very very much a Las Vegas scene. Oh yeah, I mean it's, it's packed. Yeah, packed. Yeah, it was a we were on. Speaking of dichotomy, we went to Fort Worth, which is yeah. You mentioned it doesn't you get a whole lot more different than, than downtown Dallas and the no. stockyards. Well, no. it, it's it's very similar, but it's different, right? Very similar. Even some of the people are similar, but they just yeah. dress different when they go there, right? Like oh yeah, you know what? It, it's where people go and like the the. Fancy stuff is, you know, nice cowboy boots and a nice cowboy hat and a. And so, you know, a lot of if if you're not from Texas or if you're from Texas and haven't spent time in Fort Worth, they call it Cowtown. Yeah. And there's a reason they do, is because it's it's um if you want if if you want to come and have a Texas experience, of what you think Texas is, that's Fort Worth. It's Fort Worth, yeah. And it's legit. Like people aren't actors. Like right. they're really legit. Like even people that are you know, high end corporate executives and stuff like wear boots. Mm-hmm. to work and yeah. um the weekends are everybody you know in dallas it's more fashion scene in fort worth it's more boots and hats and yeah button downs it's its and, own type of fashion right yeah it's it's um it's, it's texas fashion yeah. it's without the that you only find in texas colorado mm-hmm. wyoming i explained it to people it's a bit like nashville in terms of like the bar scene and the music scene and there's always like music different places um, it's some, what is it? Broadway in Nashville. I don't know if you've ever been, but yeah. Fort Worth is similar to that. Just, it is, but more, more Western. I would say more genuine. Yeah. And, and nothing against Nashville, but Nashville's glitz and scene and, yeah. you know, that, and that's not like when you go to a restaurant or a bar in Fort Worth, I mean, it's a real cowboy bar. I mean, yeah. it's like, you're not going to find super fancy drinks and you're not going to find super fancy people. It's just. I mean, it's real. It's really one of the only places where you can go to a very high-end steak place, um, like steak and seafood, mm-hmm. and see a guy in a cowboy hat. And they wear oh, their yeah. cowboy hat all through dinner. And it's there are some that are there kind of playing the part, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of oil barons and a lot of cattle barons that, yeah. that go there and frequent that place. And there's there's a lot of money that, that courses through Yes, sir, Cowtown. there is. What's, you know, the, the Hunt Brothers are based right there. They have yeah. the Hunt Building, and they've done okay for themselves. <laughs> Made a few bucks. Yeah. Um, or do they still have the, uh, God, what do they see? I'm, I'm from Texas, but I didn't grow up like where, where you tie up your horse. Let they have the, the hitching post, the hitching post. Yeah. yeah thank you. I, I've never seen one. I just know what a hitching post so is. So what, what is the square they have down there that they call um, the stockyards or no, no, no. On the other side in ta- down near downtown. I don't even know uh, something square, but anyway, oh, Sundance, Sundance, Sundance square. square. Yeah. Super Sundance polarity. square yeah. has hitching post on it. Yeah. Super. And I've seen, I've seen horses tied up there too. It's it's getting modernized by the day. Is it? it, it don't get me wrong; it's a cool area. Um, it's think, a bit, uh, like Victory, almost like Victory Plaza, uh, like that type okay. of area, right? Okay. Um, but it, it's a it's a cool scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. You, you had a good time though. Yeah, we had a good time. Awesome. As always. Yeah, that's kind of y'all's getaway. Yeah, it really is. Like that's yeah. we kind of latched onto that place and and love going over there. We uh, we had somebody keep the dogs. It was like a vacation. Yeah. I actually got some sleep. It was fantastic. So who let the dogs out? Woof woof. <laughs> Sophie turned, had to turn her head over there on that yeah, one. That was good. That's okay. That was a proper dad joke. 
It was always oh, proper dad's joke. Yeah. But yeah. speaking of, of proper dad jokes, proper dad <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. Let's, that's transition. Yeah, it really was. Go there. I, I was, I was, I was reaching, man. Thank you. Some are better than others. So I think the one that, the one that we're going to talk about today, and I'll let you mention it in a minute, but um, I've heard this one for a long time. And um, it's, it's something that as a parent, we take for granted because what we do, but we don't, think about it outside of being a parent sometimes but um anyway i like this one so go ahead why don't you talk yeah. through it what is it lao Tzu? yeah right? yep give men a fish you feed them for a day teach men a fish you feed them for life yep that's it yeah and uh man i don't know if there's any more accurate f- quote from from a philosopher as a parent oh, that, yeah. that, that, that more pertains because to me again we've used this word a couple times now it's the, the dichotomy right between providing for your kids to sate an immediate need that they have, right? Because so much of our, our job and our role as parents is, is to provide, right? And to provide in a way that is better than what we had when we grew up, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we're all driven, we're all compelled to provide that for our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other side of it is teaching them to be self-sustaining, teaching them the skills in order to to be, for them to be able to sustain themselves, not just in that moment, but for, for a lifetime. Right. And those, those things, I think very, very often, Tim conflict with each other. Right. And, yeah. and we, we all too often go for that quick fix of providing than we do for the long term, you know, more painful route of, of teaching them to do it on their own. And so much of it for me, this is, I'm speaking personally for me was, um, the difference of investing versus me being lazy. Okay. Because it was much easier for me just to go, here, let me just do it for you, right? Or let me, let me just do it. I'm tired. I don't want to go through all this. It's gonna, I, I'm, we're going to be an hour here, me teaching how to do this. I can do it in three minutes. Yeah. You know, and just doing it for them. And they're happy because they didn't have to do it. And you got done and got to go back to what you were doing. But the reality is, all you did was kind of kick the can down the road a little bit. 100%, yeah. But, I, and I think part of it is is based on, you know, how we individually were raised too, right? Yeah. Is, you know, I was raised with a lot of scarcity and we didn't have a lot of things, right? And and I think it's also a product of the environment that the kids grew up in. You know, like mm-hmm. for me, growing up for a long time as, as a single dad with Peyton, right? I didn't have a whole lot growing up. And then, you know, there was, there was a lot of deficits in Peyton's life, right? So the easy way to overcome that, almost the intuitive way to overcome that is to provide in a way that I didn't have right. and to provide for almost a compensation mechanism for what he didn't have in his life. So the way for me to make up for the fact that he didn't have a mom for a while was to buy him a nice pair of shoes, buy him mm. two or three nice pairs of shoes, right? And um, you, you do it without... without, you know, negative intentions, you do that thinking that you're doing the right thing, but then as they become older, right. Mm -hmm. And and you start to see the cracks in that type of foundation, you start to see the flaws in, in, in that philosophy of just giving them the fish over and over and over again. Yeah. And and, you know, it's, it's funny that the people that, that, um, didn't grow up like that, that maybe had resources, you know, some of the things that they crave as their kids get older is, man, I wish I would have spent more time with them. Because mm-hmm. you know, you think about it, a lot of people that are that are very successful weren't raised in a very right fl- affluent home, and so they had to learn a lot. Of, look at you, you had to learn a lot of stuff mm-hmm. on your own, right? You talked a lot about the time you spent on the ranch, and, and even though that was very difficult for you, a lot of your life lessons of work ethic and how to do things right and 
you know, if, if you don't do it right the first time, you got to do it again. You know, those were things that you learned. Yeah. And you don't learn that growing up playing video games or you don't learn that by being given something. Um, you learn it by having difficult times. Um, and so sometimes when you grow up affluent that, um, you know, your kids, those kids that grew up that way don't get that. And so they, when, you know, when they get older, they don't know when they get hit in the face with something, they don't know how to deal with it. So that to me, that's kind of what this goes back to is, is investing the time to, instead of just giving them the fish is let's, let's take the time and invest and let's learn how to fish. And I mean, sometimes literally like let's, we're going to tonight, we're going to eat what we catch. Yeah. And man, I hope we don't catch, you know, mud cat or, <laughs> you know, um, and, and that's just, you know, that's part of it is, is learning that and learn. And it's, it's not about how we were invested in. It's how do we choose to invest in others? And, mm. you know, the, the, the kid part is one thing because I know that growing up with my girls, taking the time to show them how to do something was very frustrating sometimes because they didn't yeah. want to do it. Right. I get some Snickers over there. Um, they didn't want to do it. I didn't want to take the time to do it, but I knew that I, this is something I needed to do because I need to invest that time with them. And sometimes with them, it took, you know, lessons over weeks and weeks and weeks to get them to understand it or learn that skill or whatever the case might be. Um, you know, it, it, a, good, a good example of this teaching kids how to drive. You've done that before. Yeah. Man, it would be a lot easier just wait until it's time and pawn them off to the driving school. But, you know, I'm pretty cruel, but I, I would never do that to anybody. <laughs> not, I'm not talking about my kid. I'm talking about the person having to drive with them. Right. You know, so you know, we spent some time, you know, borrowing, you know, their granddad's uh, golf cart and getting out on the, you know, I'm talking about, you know, scarcity, the tarmac of the airport, you know, and get out there and let them drive around and learning how to turn and learning how to do stuff and let them go out on their own a little bit. You know, that's how you learn and getting out there and figuring out how to break and how to turn and how not to do both at the same time. And, you know, those sort of things. But it, it it's, if you don't do that a little bit at a time, then they wind up learning from someone. And then all of a sudden they don't, you don't like the way they drive and you have nobody to blame but yourself because yeah. you basically picked up the habits of whoever the driving instructor was. And that goes for, and we're talking about driving, but that also goes for, Hey, you pawn your kids off to school and you let the teacher teach them about things, you know, don't complain if they come back and the way they do things is not maybe along your values or how you would want them done because you pawn them off somebody else to teach them. If you didn't teach them yourself, then man, you got nobody to blame but yourself. Yeah. I think we're seeing a lot of that. We, we can just blunt that right here, but I think we see a lot of that in modern society, right? Yeah. Um, you know, an interesting topic is let's say you go out there and you use driving. Let's use changing a tire as an example. Mm -hmm. Right. And you set out, you're like, I'm going to teach my kid to fish. Like yeah. it's time, it's time to have a good life, lifelong lesson. And about five minutes in, you're shoving them out of the way and be like, God, you're so dumb. Like, here's how, here's how you do it. You know? And, and it's so much easier to do that with boys than it is with girls. Yeah. But you get that level of frustration and you're trying to teach it, at least ostensibly you're trying to teach. Right. But as soon as that first level of frustration sets in, uh -huh. you're in a fight with them and then you're providing them the fish all, while also giving yourself a fish just so you can get the hell out of the situation. Yeah. Right. And, and I think for me, 
you know, we talked a couple of podcasts ago about having a tribe, you know, having, having your people is, you know, having those people that you can go to that share core, similar core values to you and giving them be like, would you go teach him to drive? I'll teach your kid to drive because having that level of separation and having somebody that thinks like you and acts like you and has the same values, but just isn't you, Mm -hmm. they're so much more likely to listen to uncle than they are to dad. If nothing else, the parallel park side. Oh God. Yeah, I know yeah. with both of mine, like we would spend like four and five hours trying to parallel park. And with my youngest Sophie, who's in the room right now, when she went to go to driving, we worked on this thing like three days in a row, four hours at a time, kind of had it down, had a really small car so you can fit it in really easy, had it all down. So me and Jamie are watching her and she goes to do it and like completely does it opposite of everything we've learned. <laughs> But doesn't hit anything and gets it. Maybe one of the most surprised, proudest days of my life. But anyway, all that being said, you know, to me, what we have to realize and what we have to be is we have to be patient. And if we're going to teach that, know that going back to changing a tire, you know, especially with a kid, young, say 12, 13, trying to teach them how to change a tire, 15, whatever it is, you can't sit down and do a tire change and expect them to do it. Right. right. It's, Hey, this time, what I want you to do is you're going to work the Jack and I'm going to do the rest of it. I want you to watch me. And the next time you're going to do the Jack and you're going to take the lug nuts off. You know, this next time you're going to take, do the Jack, the lug nuts, and you're going to pull the tire. Then we're going to learn how to get the tire on. How do you get the big, heavy tire? We learn how to do it with our feet, right? All the different things, but you have to do a little bit of time because they can't soak it in. Once again, we get really, really lazy. And I, I'm just going to show, I've got 15 minutes. I'm going to show you how to do it. And I expect you to do it like me. So we have to stop and, and do it slowly and take a little bit of time. And Davin, that goes not just for kids, but it goes, think about professionally. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't expect someone to do it. Number one, the way, exactly the way we do something just by us telling them for five minutes to say, go do it. And then we expect it to come back like we did. Like it, we expect it to come back and the work process and the work, quality is what we expect of us yep. and it's not going to be that and so you know it's just a little bit at a time of setting an expectation then following through with accountability for it a little bit at a time a little bit at a time and that's how you grow someone it's the difference of growing and handing things away handing things off yeah in the army we talked about crawl walk run is the way yeah, that we yeah. would teach right right crawling you're, you're gonna watch i'm gonna explain it mm-hmm. And then when you walk, I'm going to be there and watch you do it and offer pointers or whatever mm-hmm. along the way. But then, and then, and only then are you allowed to run when I, when I know that you thoroughly understand what is expected of you and how to do it successfully, then I'm going to watch you do it. And then you're off and running. Right. Yeah. And then from that point forward, you know, I have the expectation that you understand the skill and, and, and how to do it properly. Yeah. Um, you know, with kids, it's not so simple. Same thing with soldiers though. Like you, it's not so simple. Like if, if only you were easy enough to be able to do that one time a piece and then have them, have them get it and, and move on. But, um, the other thing I think, and and I know I can go back and think through like the tire changing stuff is when, when you did show the level of patience, you, there was an opportunity cost of what you weren't doing because you were doing that thing, Mm -hmm. but there was a lot of really fun memories from, from the teaching of that thing. Oh yeah. Right. And, and that's the kind of stuff that I think kids tend to remember. Rather than, you know, dad gave me, uh, you know, the latest Xbox, right? Dad and I went and we went fishing or we went hiking and, and mm. we, we learned how to set up a tent. We learned how to do these things, right? Instead of just sating that immediate need for their need and attention by providing them a thing, we did an event with them. And yeah. we went through a process or a memory together. You did it together. Yeah, and, and that's where I think the, the real cool stuff in parenting starts to happen. Yeah, I think back of, you know, my 
my dad got us a ping pong table. And I just thought it was cool that we got a ping pong table. So I'm, I thought he bought it just for me and friends. But he and I got to playing every night. And we play, sometimes we play for two hours. And he got to be competitive. And I look back at, at my memories of growing up, and those are really quality yeah. time, very memorable times of us battling it out. You know, he'd win a game and I'd win a game. We'd play the, we call the sugar game, mm-hmm. you know. And so you had to, then you get one more, one more, one more. But, you know, those are times where, man, who cares if you learn how to play ping pong? But learning to do something together brings yeah. those memories and develops develops those things that build closeness with families. Um, they build closeness with uh, prof- professionally with some of your, your teammates um, and also with friends. That's one of the reasons we have really good friends. You do stuff with friends, and that's how you get close to them is you do things together and you learn things from each other. Wow, see, you're doing it that way. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, You know, I, I learned a ton fishing from Tim Hartley. Just watching him. I mean, I'd never fished before and just watched him how you do it. And he would, hey, try this. And he very patient, a little bit at a time. I didn't get frustrated, but learned a new skill. And so that's something that he and I enjoy doing together. And I'll always remember those times. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And and I, you know, thinking, you know, we're all this bringing it back around all this parenting stuff. You know, parenting is it's it's hard. It's difficult to do. And sure. and our time is short and our resources are short. And you just have to decide is it is it gonna be the quick fix by providing a thing or is it gonna be the rich substantive stuff that involves a memory, that involves a process, that involves, you know, truly learning something along with your kids, you know. And and I again it's something that lately, especially with an eighteen year old, I can identify with all too much because how you did it right is coming to fruition, but also how you wish you would have done it differently yeah. is doing the same thing, right? Yeah. And you're like, man, I got weeks, months before you're, you're a free man on your own. And we're going to, yeah. we're going to put this stuff to, to test in real life. You know, what's cool though is, is when that kid turns 21, 20, especially 22 is he's going to come back and he's going to want to know how to do some of these things. Yeah. And you're going to be able to reteach or teach some things you wish you would have then because he's going to see, he starts to mature something about in the brain clicks and you start to mature and you're like, man, I wish, wish I knew how to do that. And for him to go, dad, you know, show, how, how did you do that? How did you deal with that? Now you get a second chance. It's amazing how patient you are and how slow and you, how, how enjoyable it is at that point in time. Cause they're not tugging at your, at your pant leg every day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm telling you, it's, it's so rewarding. I can't wait for my girls to do that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. I, I, I enjoyed that. And that's one of my favorite, uh, favorite philosophies. And, um, I, you know, we didn't really go into the whole America thing, but, you know, it's one of the things I think we're missing as a country is, you know, being taught how to do things without instant gratification mm-hmm. and learning how to invest your time, how to work hard towards something you really want to be passionate about. And just because you're passionate about it doesn't mean it's going to be an automatic success. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think we'll get back there eventually, but, um, anyway, Another day, another time. Yeah, and I don't know if you're hungry, but there's some fish in the fridge. I oh, it's perfect. Well, yeah. did you catch it? I did, as a matter of fact. You're a liar. <laughs> All, All right, right that was good. Thanks. Yeah, next time.